Hey, what's up? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 10th of November, 2020. How the fuck, man? Thanks for listening, by the way. God, the year is just getting on. I feel like, I mean, I feel like it, it hasn't even started yet, but it's we're finally fucking cut slow. I know I say it every week now, but it's like, I feel like it's hot. It's a hot day today. In Melbourne town, and um, I'm sweaty. I've been at TAFE. I put on sunscreen today. Do you understand? That's something that a free man would do. That is something that they don't let you do when uh, your city is in the grips of a pandemic. You could put on sunscreen if you wanted, but you'd just be lying to yourself, really. I wonder how sunscreen sales probably not great because it was winter as well. Just put on, like, you know, you're trying to pretend that you're allowed out of your house. <laughs> just, like, lathering yourself with sunscreen, walking to <laughs> order a fucking thing of sand, walk into your bath, dump the sand on the floor, get in the bath and go, this is lovely. Anyway, um, I don't know what that was about, but hello. Good day. Good evening. Good morning. Wherever you are, I'm going to have a sip of tea. nice and hot oh yeah man i was at tafe today um the first kind of like full not full day but like we're there until one that there's been since we went back it uh i got some free plants 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 uh from tafe because they were like the nursery you know we grow like all these plants and then, then normally they sell them, but the pandemic, so they can't even have like the shop there now. So they were just like, all these plants are going to die over summer. So if anyone wants them, just fucking take them. I got like a, a kind of baby, not baby, but like an olive tree that's like a year old for 10 bucks. And then I got all these other ones, like an aloe, 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 um, you know, when you mix steel and iron together and then it grows into a tree. I got that. <laughs> fucking that's a good joke isn't it nope um i got that i got uh i don't know a couple other plants i got some free plants from tafe all right get off my fucking back i uh, took acid on saturday night i'm feeling fu- i am feeling just great to be honest really really great i just feel you know when someone feels so good that you it's like they're just too sincere that's how I feel right now. If someone was like, how are you? I'd be like, I'd just put on like a smile that would annoy people, I think, and go, you know what, man? I'm just really great. You know? Just great. That's it from me. I don't need to say anything else because I feel comfortable where I am right now. And whoever asked me the question would be like, ugh. Well, I don't need to talk to you again for another two months because that was inno- annoying. Annoying. I took acid on um, on Saturday night with the lady that I've been seeing. I do want to say that. I just want to I've, – I've learned from the last time on the podcast, for those people who have been listening to the podcast for a while, you will remember earlier in the year when I was seeing someone and I just started fucking talking about the relationship on the po- – like the, the nitty-gritty of the relationship on the podcast. I'm not going to be fucking doing that again. You stupid fucking idiot. <laughs> I don't even know that there was like, you know, 
like she was all cool with it and whatever, but I just, I don't need to be doing that. That's some private shit. I'm trying to learn how to draw a line in between my private life and my public life. And um, honestly, I mean, how public is 54 people really? <laughs> but it's good to practice now because one day I hope that this podcast will reach, say, 84 people. Wouldn't that be nice? Um <laughs> That'd be bloody great. And those extra 30 people for me is the threshold for where like, you know what? You guys don't need to know the inner workings of my personal relationships. Um, but yeah, I've been seeing this girl and it's really nice and I, re- I re- really like her. And uh, we took acid on Saturday night and I just, I forget how useful acid is. I think acid is, it's definitely my favorite drug. And it's like maybe the only drug that I'm still 100% on board with. I'm checking them off. Smoking sucks. Drinking is sick, but it makes me sad. Uh, MDMA is kind of annoying. It is fun, I guess. It's nice to be happy, but it keeps you up late and you feel bad the next day. Uh, Cocaine is just a trap. Um, Heroin... It terrifies me. Oh, how's it TAFE today? Um, the teacher told a story about how she we had some poppy seeds and she was like when she first started before she'd even done a horticulture course, she had some poppy seeds that a friend gave to her and gave to like a client that was like an old lady to plant in the front yard, planted them all. They looked beautiful. And then at the end of the season, these big fucking bulbous like heads started growing and she was like, oh, fuck, that's opium poppy. Um I didn't know that they like actually grew like that. Anyway, it was a funny story. That is not mine to tell and that's why I couldn't make it funny because I wasn't invested in it. Nevertheless, heroin is a bad drug. I'm going to go out on a limb and say heroin's bad. Anyone of you guys ever try heroin before? I've considered it. Hey, not like, you know, when I've been sober, obviously, but I remember when I was 20... This one acid trip that I did that changed my fucking life when I was 20, Easter Sunday, 2011. I wrote a show about it years ago and it was a bad show because I was a bad comedian. (laughs) But I took this acid trip and I'd been doing a lot of stupid shit in my life at the time because I was young, like, you know, getting arrested and being a fuckhead. And um, that I took an acid trip. It was called DOI. I don't know. Some fucking guy gave it to me. And uh, I wasn't prepared for, I, I knew going in that it was going to last a long time. It ended up, I was awake. I couldn't get to sleep for 36 hours and it was just torturous and a nightmare. It was horrific. I was stuck in my own head for like, by myself for like a day um, from after everyone else that I did it with kind of went all their separate ways. I was just in my parents' house alone for fucking 36 hours was the trip and probably 20. All right. I want to say like 20 hours of it. I remember I dropped at like 7 p.m. on Easter Sunday and all my family were away for the holiday and I was by myself and my friends were all kind of dissipated by like 3 a.m. or something. And then I was by myself other than one friend coming to visit me for a little bit and just like hold my hand for a bit and then she had to go. Um, I was by myself until 1am the following night was when I got to sleep and just like stewing in my own thoughts and, you know, what have I done with my life and I'm a bad person and drugs and all this, you know, negative spiraling shit that if you fucking had bad experiences on drugs, I'm sure you're very familiar with. 
Um, and uh, the one kind of moment that was like the rock bottom for me that I think acid is so good. Uh, the reason I love acid is because it almost, you know, people say about um, someone who's like a drug addict and I'm not saying, I've ne- you know, I've never really had that awful experience, but people who are drug addicts often say they need to hit bottom before they can rehabilitate you got to find your rock bottom as a something you know and um like as a base as a little launch pad plumb the depths of your own soul so that you can i don't know pull out the clog of hair to continue the metaphor and then throw it in the bin in this metaphor the clog of hair is like self-destructive habits um, or maybe just a literal clog of hair. <laughs> maybe that was what was ruining your life. Why do I do this when I'm about to have a sip of tea and then I get another thought? I hold my tea here <laughs> like a commercial. You can't see it because it's a podcast, but maybe I'll put this up on the video. Ding! Like a fucking... <laughs> maybe the thing that's been holding you back is a clog of hair. Drink Tetley's. <sighs> so... um yeah, what acid is good for is it It kind of fast forward. For me, I've always seen it as like a fast forward, something that might have taken you six months to mentally work through or emotionally or whatever. You can take acid and get a bit of a different perspective and, and you know, if you're ready and in a good mindset, you can skip that six months of soul searching and just get it done then and there and get to a place that you probably would have got to anyway, but... Maybe it would have taken a bit longer and, you know, the longer it takes for to reach that good mindset, the more time you have to make fucking mistakes and maybe that'll hurt you in the long run. So I remember that moment, Easter Sunday or the day after when I did that 36-hour acid trip of um, of like uh, it was like in the evening and I was just tired by that point. I was just like sick of just stewing man and just wondering like is this what my life is now have I broken my brain I was still young so I was like I feel like as you get older and I I don't even think that necessarily comes from experience taking drugs but I just feel like as you get older you're a bit more sure of yourself and kind of understand that even if things are bad right now even if it's because of drugs or whatever you're going to be okay. I think that kind of comes with age, that self-assurance. But when I was 20 and, you know, I'd taken these drugs, I was like, I broke my brain. I can't read anymore. (laughs) I'm dumb now. (laughs) News, mate, you were dumb before. So uh, it was in the evening and I was in the shower and just like almost like sitting up. So, you know, when you get in a position when you're hungover or whatever and you're just like, maybe if I just sit like this, then it won't hurt anymore. So I had the, the shower, like a hot shower running and I was just like my head was like my butt was in the air and I was on my knees and my head was just kind of in the corner of the shower, like cubicle thing with the water like running down my back. And just and I've just been tripping and stewing in my head for so long, and I remember in that moment, so desperate, and praying to whatever fucking God you know is there, and I I had the thought of like if someone 
right now somehow was just standing outside the shower and was like, I've got a needle full of heroin. Do you want it to get out of this? You know, if that would put you to sleep in that moment, I was so desperate. I would have taken it because it was just awful. So bad, man. Um, and I guess I was in a bad place in my life. I understand. I think I understand. I think I understand in that moment gave me a bit of understanding of people who turn to those drugs to like silence the fucking voices because it's terrifying. You don't know if it's ever going to go away. You're like, I'm not strong enough. I can't do it by myself. And you don't feel like there's a person there to help you. So you turn to a chemical and the chemical helps you. And then you fall in love with heroin. And then you start stealing VCRs, even though they don't really make VCRs anymore. But you're like looking for them because you, in your heroin brain, you're like, maybe if I steal a VCR, someone who's like an antique and someone will buy it for a lot of money. And then I can buy some more heroin. Any of you guys ever done heroin? If anyone's ever done heroin, hit me up with a message and let me know if I'm right or not. I don't think any. I don't think anyone. No, people who have done heroin aren't listening. To- <laughs> what are people who do? I don't know. I don't fucking know. I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to speculate, and I am not going to besmirch the good names of those people who have fallen to such a horrific condition. But acid's my favorite drug. It's fucking sick. And that, I mean, thank God there wasn't any hair. That's the thing, isn't it? In that one moment when you're desperate, hopefully at least you're by yourself. Because if you're around, ah, that's fucking how it happens. Because if you're just around people who are doing it, it's only a matter of time before you feel weak. And then you just turn to it because everyone else is doing it and it's there. If there was, whoa. I just realized that like if I wasn't living at home with my parents in that safe place, you know, and they were gone, but that was the house that I was in. If I was living with some fucking shitheads in an awful house where there was just all drugs all the time, I fucking would have done some more drugs because it was hurt. I, I, I was hurting and it was painful. Oh, oh my God. That's a fucking reason to not let your kids move out into some shithole fucking fuckhead house full of cunts. Because if they're around those people, they'll just end up doing it. It's not necessarily even a comment on the kind of person you are. It's just everyone has a moment of weakness. And as soon as that drug gets hold of you, then you fucking, that's it. You know, it could be a long time. Wow, God, I'm so lucky. <laughs> I'm so lucky that I never did a heroin. <laughs> I'm so lucky. Look at me and how lucky that I am. And I didn't, I never even wanted to do heroin. And now I'm a nice boy and I can make fun of people who did it because I never did. <laughs> Suck shit. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, we did acid on Saturday night and it was great. And I, uh, I feel like I put a couple things to bed that have really been kind of worrying me and like playing on my mind for the last few months. Um, it just, and I kind of in the lead up to it, I felt like I was ready to just to like, you know, uh, what's the word kind of anxieties or worries or like even some anger, different fucking things that I don't need to go into, but I felt like I was ready to let a few things go and she suggested it, that we do it. And I was like, that's the best idea ever. And then I went and got it from the fucking guy. 
And uh, I don't know, man, it all just came together. It all fucking came together and I feel reborn now because I did once again, once a fucking again. Acid is the only drug that you can do that you feel good in the morning. You feel better in the morning than you did before when you fucking took it. It's so good. God damn it. People need to know. <laughs> I mean, it's been like three days and I still, I feel, I remember uh, in 2014, at the at, at the start of the year, I went with a couple friends to Falls Festival in Lawn, uh, 2013-14, like over that New Year's, and I candy flipped. Um, for those fucking nerds out there listening who don't know what candy flipped is, um, it's when you do MDMA and acid. So you do the acid, which takes like an hour, 90 minutes to kick in, and then after about half an hour, you do your MD, and it brings you up at the same time. So when you start tripping the hallucinogenic thing, you go in your mind, but the MDMA brings you out of your mind and makes you all like, woo, party, you know, up, 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 up. And um, I did that that New Year's and I just felt good. The whole festival, man, I just felt amazing. And I remember coming back. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, actually, because there's a comedian in Melbourne and I, you know what? I don't even actually need to say who it is because they don't fucking need that. But everyone knows that they're a piece of shit and they've been around for a long, long time and they were a mercurial talent. One of the best comedians this country has ever produced. And everyone in Australian comedy knows this person now, not because of their great work and how funny they were and how good comedian they were. But sadly, they know them because of their crippling heroin addiction and, uh, and the fact that they just borrow money, you know, I mean, they've never been able to fucking shake it. It's been like 25 or oh, 30 years. Jesus. Not me though. I never did it. <laughs> I never did it and you did so I'm better. <laughs> um... I I mean, you know, it's awful, but also they're a fucking shit person because they, I don't know, it's like the, you don't have the strength. That must be like the reason to keep going back is like if you don't have the strength to, once you do it once and you know that that option is there, then every time you feel weak, you can just go back to that option. Oof. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I remember that person had gassed me up like crazy. We did a gig together before New Year's and uh, it was so fucking sad, man. Like they were supposed to do another set. It was down in the morning to Peninsula, the gig, and that, that person was supposed to do a set in the city afterwards. So they were going to open this show and then somehow get back from the Mornington Peninsula, like an hour and a half drive back into Melbourne and, and headline at another club. And uh, they ended up not being able to make it. So they opened the show and then knowing they weren't going to make the other set and they were going to lose like 200 bucks for that set. They went back on stage at the end of the show, asked like, can I go back on? Which is already weird. Went back on, did another 20 minutes and then went to everyone like, all right, guys, we're doing a little whip round for me because I missed my other gig. So if everyone can just put some money in this hat, which is just like, these people have already paid like 25 bucks to come to the show. And then this fucking junkie on stage who's just done another set and done very well and is a competent comedian but is just, you know, going around asking for more money off them because they're too much of a fucking 
dead shit to be able to make their other gig and they're like making these people who have paid for a show feel bad that whatever you know but then on the way back from that gig at the time I was 22 yeah 22 and we're driving back from the gig and this person was like 45 and they were going um oh man they were just gassing me up like man that was so great you know you're so funny that joke that you had that one joke was like just I could really see and actually now that I think about it I would like to believe that it wasn't even a lie, you know, that they genuinely did see a thing or maybe they were lying to me. I guess I'll never know. I, I wish I, I wish because I still on some level respect their opinion uh, like comedically and then at some point they also said to me, I really think you have what it takes to make it in this business, which is like just at 22 having literally an Australian comedy legend say that to me felt incredible. And, um, but anyway, I, I went away and, you know, we kind of, I guess that person made me feel like we were going to be friends and we were going to collaborate and they were going to bring me up, you know, like I'd been discovered is what it felt like. And I got back from New Year's that year after that festival and being candy flipped. And this is why like acid, I've been remembering this moment of coming back and just being fucking invigorated. You know, it's like it lit a fire in me. I was like, I can fucking do it. I can fucking do anything because it makes you feel so good. The next few days you flush out all the negativity from your brain and suddenly I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking it, man. And uh, I remember being on the phone to this person. They called me or maybe I called them. I was just excited and I thought we were friends and uh, called them. I was in a supermarket and I was just like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm fucking, I just... I went to this music festival and I just feel so fucking excited and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, be a great comedian. I'm going to work so hard. And in the room that I was running at the time, I'm like, we're going to put so much work into it. And actually I just remembered this. <laughs> I went in, you know, so confident and, and like foolhardy with confidence. Cause I was just like, I can do anything and I'm just going to try, I'm just going to go for it, you know? And I think actually the next gig that I did was one of the worst I ever bombed because I didn't prepare for the gig. I went on stage at this awful gig and thought that I was just going to riff my way through it and end up having one of the worst sets of my life <laughs> because I just wasn't prepared. And it was at like a music open mic where people were eating dinner and they didn't even want to see comedy. <laughs> I've told the story on stage before, but... The last joke I had after bombing for four minutes to people eating dinner and kids in the crowd and stuff was I said, um, all right, my last joke in my head, I'm thinking like if this doesn't get them, then I just got to get off. And I went, um, the joke was my housemate caught me masturbating. There's not a lot you can say in that situation. All I could think of in the heat of the moment was, shh, go back to sleep. That's the joke, right? Because <laughs> I was wanking over him while he was sleeping. It's a pullback and reveal. And... Um, to the people who already hated me that were eating dinner, nothing. But at the back of the room, a baby started crying. <laughs> That's how hard I bombed and then I got off and whatever. Um, but yeah, I just remember how much it fired me up. I remember how much doing acid at that music festival was just such a cleanse. That music festival was like one of the most fun, one of the best experiences I've ever had at a music festival. And I think a big reason for that that made me feel so free was that the first day I fucking did that acid and it just made me like completely uninhibited and not kind of held back by any 
you know, anxieties of like, I don't know enough people here or what am I going to do or whatever. I was just like, I'm just going to be friends with everyone and, and ma, 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 ma. Oh, it was great. So doing it this week has made me feel like that. And on Sunday, the picture for this week is going to be on Sunday, me and this girl went down to um, St. Kilda Beach. We were fucking got it in our heads that we were going to go get calamari. And I was like, there's nowhere to get calamari. we got to go down to St. Kilda. And so we went down. What a fucking ordeal. You know when you get food and you're like, okay, I've got to pee for it. Like you just want it to be the experience needs to, you know, you don't want to eat your food after we've been waiting. We caught the tram down to St. Kilda and just been like building up to this like, okay, we got calamari. We got calamari, chips, a fucking barramundi burger and fish tacos. It was a feed. And we like walked down to the grass from the van where the, you know, where the food comes out of, <laughs> you know. You know, when they drive the van around to different um, places and catch calamari off of cliffs. No, it's where they cook it, stupid. Um, we got the food from the van and then we walked down to the beach to like the grass just back from the beach and we're like, find a nice spot. But then she was like, I got to pee. And I was like, fuck it, I got to pee too. And there's nowhere around and it's a pandemic. So all the places have lineups to get in. So I'm like, oh. And we kind of made this decision of like, it wouldn't be right. We've been waiting all day to eat this food. We can't eat it. And the whole time just be thinking about how we need to pee. Like, this is, that's, not, that's not the experience that I want. You know, we've, got, we've come this far. We can wait a little bit more. So I walked us up to the beach. I walked us? Yeah, I did all the work. We walked together. Why do I need to take credit? <laughs> I walked us. She was there. She was lucky to have me, to be honest. She was lucky to have a man like me to take charge of the situation and walk us myself <laughs> up to the beach. Um, we walked together. <laughs> I felt like I was in charge in that moment is what it was. I really felt like I was like taking charge. But I don't know. She'd probably have something to say about that. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, there I go again. We walked. Come on, Aiden. We walked together as a team up to the beach and then set our shit down and she went off. There was like a little kind of, I was like, it looks like a toilet is over there. So she goes into this place and immediately I see the fucking gulls, the gulls, the gulls circling, looking at that fucking food. And there was, I I started kind of, you know, comedy's coming back and I'm like trying to get her ready to understand all these different dynamics and these people that she's going to meet now that we're about to start doing gigs again and there was one comic who i'd fucking shown her so did, i don't know just there's one comic who when i think of this person i think of a seagull it's just a you know god i love bitching about people man and i'm really going to try my best from now on to not name names on this podcast because i don't think that's like a classy thing to do but boy, will I make illusions. <laughs> and this one cunt is just a little wormy rat and uh, they make me think of a seagull. And so when, when, I, when she came back, I was like, all the, insert this person's name, th like, you know, I was calling the seagulls that person. I was like, let's say their name was Goran McGoran. 
<laughs> I was like, all the fucking Goran Magorans are out here trying to take our food. She was like, oh no, all the Goran Magorans. Um, so I put the blanket over our food and then when she came back, I went in to pee. And then because we couldn't stay there, we had to take the food that was still, hadn't, I hadn't eaten a fucking bit. I think we both silently made a pact of like, I'm not going to eat any of this food until we are in the area where we need to be that's going to be perfect for this experience for us to enjoy because we've waited so long and we fucking did it. It was important and special and romantic. <laughs> we waited and it was everything that I hoped it was going to be. That's the thing with calamari is it doesn't really, and like fish and chips and shit, like it doesn't need to be piping hot, you know. It's not soup or, I don't know, a fire. <laughs> or like <laughs> an oven or an engine or... Um, Oh, what other things need to be hot? Um, uh, 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 um, uh, ah! Anyway, doesn't need to be that hot, does it? You can just have it be tepid because it's the flavor and really just the experience. What does that mean? I don't know. Point I'm trying to make is I don't need my calamari to be hot. It can just be like lukewarm and I'll still enjoy it just as much as long as it's not soggy. And it wasn't, it was really good. And uh, I think that's the end of the story, to be honest. We did it. <laughs> oh. One thing, um, what else do I have to talk about before I do this? Oh, the Backyard Bitch t-shirts are coming tomorrow. I'm going to pick them up. They're done. They're printed. They're paid for and got. Not quite just yet, but they're about to be got. I'm going tomorrow to pick them up. I got 40. I got 10 smalls, 20 mediums. No, 10 mediums, 20 larges, and 10 extra larges. And I'm going to go pick them up from the guy tomorrow. And then hopefully tomorrow I'll build the bit on my website that will allow me to sell them online. That's very exciting. And uh, what else? I, um, I'll put a picture of them up online. Oh, also, I, I just, I'm going to put another picture up online, actually, on the fucking website. I saw a thing today when I was getting my lunch at TAFE. <clears throat> it was uh, some, it was a travel agent next to where I was getting my lunch from. And uh, it was like, where's your next holiday? Like, get planning and ask one of our travel, it was a travel agent's place. And at the bottom, the hashtag was support travel agents. And I just like, obviously, you know, everything's coming back and businesses are trying to rehabilitate themselves. But I really think, I think I've said this before, I do not see the value at all in a fucking travel agent, man. It makes me angry, support travel agents. Who the fuck support travel agents? Why the fuck should I support travel agents? Like, I guess that it's the same thing that I kind of get angry at with people in comedy when they're like, you need to support the arts. Do you? Do we need to support the arts? I don't think anyone needs to fucking support anything. I think people will if they want to. But support travel agents. What the fuck have a travel agent ever done for me that I need to support them now? Like if people like travel agents and they've done shit for them, then they're going to support them. But I don't need to support you just because you fucking have a job and you like it. Maybe your job sucks. Maybe you are part of the fucking dead wood in this society that is going to be shed 
from this fucking pandemic. I genuinely believe that. I know that sounds ridiculous and maybe I'm being a little harsh because it is sad when people have a thing and then it gets taken away from them and they have to start again. But I spoke to someone today um, from my course who moved down from Queensland and they had a floristry business and they built it up and they were making good money. And then they said that there was like a some development went in and all the parking spaces went away and overnight their floristry business that they built up went from making all this money to making no money and they lost it and they couldn't even sell it and they lost everything. And they told me this story and I was just like, that's fucking crazy, but I really appreciate it. And I said to them, I really appreciate how you. F- it feels like you have really taken this on the chin, you know? Like she wasn't like, and and now I I lost it and I I didn't have any money and I well, she wasn't like all kind of embittered and angry about it. It felt like they were just like that's you know that's what happens and that happened to me and you move on. And I fucking really like that attitude, man. I got so much time for that attitude of like something bad happens, but you fu- that's just what happens sometimes. And that support travel agents shit. Hashtag support travel agents. Support, support live comedy. Support. It just smacks of like, like of meek begging for a handout, doesn't it? That's the way I read that. Support travel agents. Like, no, I'll fucking support you if I want to support you. But in my experience, no fucking travel agent. Travel agent is a superfluous. Maybe at one point in time it was necessary. But we got websites for that shit now, all right? And if you're smart, you'll figure it like I I just imagine what a person if if you disagree with this, I'm open to hear opinions because I'm aware that I might just be being very rash and you know, I've just I've found an outlet that I can be angry, so I'm like, here's my righteous anger, fuck you. And actually the anger's probably not about travel agents. It's like I'm angry and I've found something that I think I can justifiably be angry at. But nevertheless, here I go. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like travel agents, if there's someone who is a travel agent who loves being a travel agent, it's like, okay, what do you love about that job? You love uh, I reckon a person, this person in my mind who would say, I, I'm a travel agent and I love my job. What do you love about your job? Well, they would say that they love uh, seeing, you know, someone who wants a thing and being able to facilitate that thing and make that person happy. And I would argue that you don't need to be a travel agent. You're not, there's not a need in society for that job now because you can go on Skyscanner. I went into a fucking travel agent like a year and a half or maybe two years ago, I remember I went in a flight center because I was like, let me just see if there's anything out there that they can do for me where I have, I'm, I'm going to go on a trip. I'm going to book a lot of flights. What is a travel? Like, what service can they provide for me to make that cheaper and easier for me? And I went in there and I was like, here, I've, these are the flights that I've looked at. What can you do? And they, one of the flights, which was the big flight from fucking Melbourne to London, the one that was going to cost me the big chunk of money, they had, they couldn't find that flight. First of all, I was like, what flights can you do? And they're like, oh, these ones and these ones. And I was like, oh, okay, because I found this one and it's actually cheaper than what you've just quoted me. And they looked flustered for a second. They were like, oh, what one's that? Where's that with? And I showed them my booking and they like went clickety, clickety, click on the computer and they went, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Here that flight is. Yeah, I can get that flight for you. And I'm like, hold up. So you're telling me that you're a travel agent and what you can do is get me the same flight that I found myself on a fucking website 
And then on top of that, you take a commission. So you up the price. Fuck you. And I'm, I, I was like, wait, so you can't get me a cheaper flight? They're like, no, I can get you that flight. But I, you know, take a commission. It's like 10% or whatever because this is my job. I'm like, okay, so your job is just to steal money from me. That's how it felt. Like you can get me what I can get me and then you just skim a little bit of money off the top. No, fuck you. I think that's why I hate travel agents. And someone has said to me, I've had conversations about this because I, evidently I've got a chip on my shoulder about it. And um, I guess the value that travel agents can give is they're like at their computer every day checking the flights and sometimes flights only come on for like an hour or two hours or something. But you know what? You can set up alerts on those websites. I really think of being a travel agent is going to go the way of the dodo and that one in in Lilydale especially just looking at that hashtag support travel agents hashtag fucking good riddance cunt <laughs> I reckon if the thing you love is becoming obsolete find a new way to do the thing you love be adaptable you're stuck in the past all right and I feel for you because you got to change but you know what my fucking thing that I love has been gone for a while as well and yeah, I've been whinging about it, but like I also, you take it on the chin. That's what happens. The world changes. Catch up or fuck off. That's <laughs> clearly acid has made me so compassionate. <laughs> I think I'm so changed by this beautiful experience in taking acid. And here I am sitting in my room still on Tuesday, just like last week, telling a bunch of people that I've never met to fuck off. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to, you know what? I reckon that might be it from me, actually. I reckon that's all I got. That's all I've got the energy for this week. That's been the podcast, hey? If you're looking for something to listen to, I just heard a really cool song that I quite liked by the rapper Serengeti. The song is called The Neeg. And uh, the reason I liked it is because... What's going on here? Oh, okay. The song's called The Neeg. It's by Serengeti. And the reason I liked it is because the beat, the sample for the beat is um, Claire de Lune by Debussy, but it's not piano recording. It's like a synth something or whatever, but it is Claire de Lune. And then it's this guy rapping over that. And I thought that that was sick. Okay. That's all. Thank you guys for listening. And I'll catch you all next week. This has been Aiden Jones. <sighs> sitting under a tree. Peace. <laughs>